Democrats regain control in Congress. So why is President Trump claiming victory? Plus, it's back to the future in Florida where a possible recount looms. And after months and months of threatening it, the president finally fires Jeff Sessions. But is that just the beginning of the story? This is the State of America. CNN projects that Democrats will reclaim control of the U.S. House of Representatives. Tomorrow will be a new day in America. This is going to be a big problem for President Trump going forward. I think it was a great victory. I'll be honest. If he really thought that, the question is, why would he want to overshadow that with asking for the resignation of his attorney general? The man he's chosen is someone who provided a roadmap for how to stifle and strangle the special counsel investigation. Everyone, I'm Kate Baldwin in New York. To our viewers watching around the world, this is State of America. After months of hype, rhetoric, and robocalls, door knocks, even Americans had their say. The midterm elections, 50 states voted, 36 governor's races, 35 Senate seats, and all 435 House seats in Congress were up for grabs. We did it! The end result, a good night for Democrats like that one, winning enough seats plus some to take back the majority in the House of Representatives. Today is more than about Democrats and Republicans. It's about restoring the Constitution's checks and balances to the Trump administration. And that means a not-so-good night for President Trump. But whereas previous presidents have acknowledged their losses in the midterm, like Bush, who called it a thumping, and Obama, he said this when he lost the House in 2010. Now, I, I'm not recommending for every future president that they take a shellacking like, they, like I did last night. Did President Trump stick with tradition there? You can already guess the answer. Not even close. It was a big day yesterday, an incredible day. I thought it was a very close to complete victory. But you really cannot spin your way out of this one. He faced a bad night, losing a chamber. But it wasn't the worst night because Republicans did keep control of the Senate and even expand the majority there. So what, you may ask, does this new reality mean for the state of America now? Well, a divided country elected a divided government. Get used to the word gridlock. Do you expect that when the Democrats take over the chairmanship of all these important committees, you're going to get hit with a blizzard of subpoenas on everything from the well, Russian investigation okay. to your cell phone use to your tax returns. Ready? If that happens, then we're going to do the same thing and government comes to a halt. Can you compartmentalize that and still continue to work with them for the benefit of the rest of the country? No. Or if they do that, then it's just all it is is uh, a warlike posture. A warlike posture. That sounds promising. But hold on a second, because there's more than one place where the midterm election still isn't over yet, including Florida. In a scenario triggering deja vu for pretty much the entire country, hello Bush v. Gore and the 2000 recount, a recount is now brewing for two critical races in that same state, Florida, for the governor and the Senate seat. One of the state's top political reporters explains. The big problem is that Broward County seems to have a problem tabulating votes quickly. Compounding that problem is the fact that Broward County's election supervisor either refused to give 
or didn't have the number of outstanding ballots after Election Day to be counted. And then thousands of votes kept showing up. You could call it the ghost of hanging Chad's past. Rick Scott, Florida's current governor, who is also a candidate in this chaotic election for Senate, is slightly ahead in the current count and now leveling allegations without evidence of election fraud. We've all seen the incompetence and irregulators in vote tabulations in Broward and Palm Beach for years. Well, here we go again. I will not sit idly by while unethical liberals try to steal this election from the great people of Florida. Again, the governor has not provided any proof of that. And to be clear, this isn't left up to a decision by any one person. A recount is triggered by law in the state if the vote count is within a certain margin. As we like to say often here, stay tuned to stay tuned on this one. But finally, in a move that seems almost transparently intended to turn the country's focus away from the election results, the president decided the day after the election was the perfect day to fire his attorney general. We, got a, we all got a heads up of sorts when the president railed against the Russia probe earlier this week. I could fire everybody right now, but you, I don't want to stop it because politically the, I don't like stopping it. Yeah. Uh, it's a disgrace. And hours later came the news that Attorney General Jeff Sessions was out of a job. Sessions, who was among the first Republicans in Congress to back Trump's presidential run, had a tense relationship with the president, to say the least. And it, is, and it all has to do with the special counsel's Russia investigation. Jeff Sessions should have never let it happen. He should have never recused himself. I think it was a disgrace to Jeff Sessions. Never took control of the Justice Department. And uh, it's a sort of an incredible thing. The attorney general made a terrible mistake when he did this and when he recused himself. I'm very disappointed with the attorney general, but we will see what happens. Time will tell. Time will tell. And apparently time did tell there. Time will also tell what happens with the special counsel probe, the fate of which is now unclear. The reason Sessions' replacement has been a vocal critic of that investigation that he will now oversee. His name is Matt Whitaker. He was Sessions' chief of staff. You see him there shaking hands with Sessions as he ushers his former boss out of the, out of the department. But last year, in a CNN opinion piece, of all places to be posting it, Whitaker declared the Mueller probe was, in his words, going too far. And he also has said this. I could see a scenario where Jeff Sessions is replaced uh, with a recess appointment, and that attorney general doesn't fire Bob Mueller, but he just reduces his budget so low that his, his investigation grinds to a, absolutely, almost a halt. That was before he was chief of staff to Jeff Sessions. Just a note. Whitaker's views have sparked a backlash in Congress and beyond, a backlash that has surprised and concerned the White House, according to top officials there. Perhaps that's why the president is now trying to, I don't know, distance himself from his pick? I didn't know Matt Whitaker. He worked for uh, Attorney General Sessions. He was very, very highly thought of and still is highly thought of. But this only comes up because anybody that works for me, they do a number on them. But Matt Whitaker is a very smart man. He is a very respected man in the law enforcement community, very respected at the top of the line. And actually, the choice was greeted with raves initially, and it still is in some circles. A little piece of advice for Matt Whitaker. 
Don't get too comfortable in that attorney general's office quite yet. So exactly what is happening at the White House when it comes to the acting attorney general? Why is this so important? Let's get over there. Jeremy Diamond is joining me now from the White House. Jeremy, the president said this morning he doesn't know Matt Whitaker. Is that true? Well, uh, it took just two days, it seems, for the president to forget who Matt Whitaker is, uh, because two days before the president made those comments, he appointed Matt Whitaker to be the acting attorney general. Uh, and in fact, the very reason why the president uh, selected Matt Whitaker for that position rather than uh, the more traditional choice, which would have been deputy attorney general Rod Rosenstein stepping in officially as the acting attorney general. The reason for that is because the president felt that uh, Matt Whitaker would be loyal to him. He had grown to like Whitaker uh, in over the last few months. Uh, in fact, Whitaker has been at the White House for meetings dozens of times, including uh, with the president. He has spoken over the phone with the president, including on the day that the president uh, was, was preparing or was possibly going to fire uh, the deputy attorney general, Rod Rosenstein. Of course, that never came to pass. But now here we are with the president distancing himself, it seems, from Matt Whitaker. And the reason why is because there are a number of concerns being voiced now, Kate, uh, about Matt Whitaker, about the legality and the appropriateness of his appointment. Legal scholars, uh, including several conservative legal scholars, one of whom is married uh, to the White House counselor Kellyanne Conway, have called Whitaker's appointment because of the fact that he's not Senate confirmed unconstitutional. Uh, and we also know that there are concerns over Whitaker's past criticism of the Mueller investigation, which he is now overseeing in this role as acting attorney general. But again, the president, it seems, doesn't know Matt Whitaker quite as well, despite appointing him just a few days ago. Kate. Yeah, I have no idea who you are. Thank you so much, Jeremy. It's great to see you again since I know you so well. Uh, appreciate it, man. Coming up for us, from great guy to don't know the guy. Why the appointment of Whitaker is, is so important to the country. Is, is the future of the Russia probe now, though, in trouble? We'll discuss. The panel's here. What a difference a few weeks makes in Washington, or even seven hours. Just last month, President Trump was singing the praises of a man named Matt Whitaker, but now doesn't even know the guy, even though he just named him to be the top law enforcement officer in the United States. What does this mean? The panel with me tonight. Doug Hyas here. He's a CNN political commentator and Republican strategist. Reed Wilson is the national correspondent for The Hill. And Rob Astorino, CNN political commentator and member of President Trump's re-election advisory board. Rob, like others, has signed a non-disparagement agreement with the Trump campaign. And Catherine Rampell is a CNN political commentator and Washington Post opinion columnist. Thank you all so very much. I know you say you're free. To, you are free. Your opinions are your own. But I'm going to continue giving that. You can, do it you, can you and I can fight about it in the break. Anyway, um, Matt Whitaker, Jeff Sessions. Jeff Sessions is out. You would think that's the end of the story. It's the beginning of the story, it seems. Donald Trump said so much about him just today. Did he do anything to help Matt Whitaker? No, and what he's, what he's done is basically told the new Congress, there's something else for you to investigate here. And we know if Democrats are going to be aggressive, they're going to be aggressive on a lot of fronts. They were already yeah. uh, looking into and, and planning to look into what's going to happen at DOJ. Now they've got a brand new target. A, yeah, a, yes, yes and yes. And I don't like it when I agree with you. Um, from, the <laughs> sources, from sources inside the White House, they have told Caitlin Collins, Reid, that, that there are officials there are surprised by the negative reaction. 
and also tell her that it wasn't widely known among officials there that um, he had made so many critical remarks about the Russia investigation. Um, how could they not have known? Well, presumably when you Google it, you, I mean, you come to a website called CNN.com, uh, something that uh, I've heard of at it's least. It's a maybe racy website. Some others, yeah, right. Uh, but, the, but the fact that, I mean, when President Trump uh, gets nervous about somebody, when he, when he starts to distance himself, that's a sign frequently that that person is not going to be around for a very long time. There are a lot of names that are under consideration for a permanent attorney general's job. Uh, Matt Whitaker, it's not even clear to me that he can actually take the job because he has not been confirmed by the Senate to his... Uh, his current role because it's not a Senate confirmable role. I, I'm just flummoxed by this whole thing. I have to say, I just don't get it. Why not double down? Why not do a Donald Trump and double down? On what? On Whitaker. If he's your guy. No, I, I think someone in the interim is fine. Uh, it, it's a critical time, and that's why everyone's screaming and yelling. Yeah. But um, I think he has every right to put somebody in there at this point, no matter where we are in the investigation. And at some point, he's going to have to put a permanent, and that yes. won't be him. Okay, but there's also, it also is an important time, yeah. and an important time to ask important questions. President Trump was asked an important question today by one of my colleagues, Abby Phillip. Mm -hmm. Listen to this. It's up to him. Do you want him to rein in Robert Mueller? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. But I watch you a lot. You ask a lot of stupid questions. Putting aside the way he attacks, uh, attacks reporters, specifically female reporters, um, it's not only a fair question. It's an easy one to answer, I would think, for a president. It's a fair question, and it's an easy one to answer. Because the, the, the probe is basically over anyway, by all indications. But someone does have to look at that final report and make sure that it is valid to what he was assigned to do. And that's a really important question. Well, and again, I will ask, why couldn't the president answer that he question? Should've. Should've. Does that lead you to think that there might be more, no. more there than meets the ear? No, I don't. It's the I, no. I, I, obviously, it does. Obviously, it does. I don't. Look, I think just... Trump has complained about Sessions. Where is my Roy Cohn? Clearly, he chose Roy Cohn, being the, yeah. the personal attorney that Trump had. Uh, had done business with, known for really slimy tactics and very defensive of his clients, right? Uh, and that he thought Sessions was insufficiently defense, uh, insufficiently aggressive about protecting Trump the person as opposed to uh, overseeing his job as the, our, our top law enforcement mm -hmm. uh, official, essentially. Clearly, he chose someone out of the obvious line of succession because he sees this guy as his possible Roy Cohn. He chose this guy because they have some sort of chemistry, because uh, Whitaker has made public comments saying that the Mueller investigation should be hobbled, if not ended completely. I mean, clearly we can read the subtext but here. But his actions have been, I'm not doing anything to stop it. And he has had that chance for a year and a half, and he's let this be, go because, through be, its because, basically conclusion. Because, as we're find out soon. because fellow Republicans have said, don't do anything until after the midterms. Notice that Mueller has been eerily silent the last well, few well. months ahead of the midterms. Well, but that was always going to happen. Yeah, but there's yeah. an expectation that this week a lot of things will drop. Yeah. And I think it's not a coincidence that Trump put his guy it, in that job this week. It's also not a coincidence that Sessions was fired now. He's been saying it for six months. I, I think every... Uh, which, which, you raises, were not, which raises another question, by the way. Uh, the president has been planning to fire Jeff Sessions for a year, yeah. not just six months. Yeah. Why wasn't there a successor in, in the, in the exactly. orbit? Why are we still talking about the same list of names? Chris Christie, Pam Bondi from Florida, people like that. This administration has, has 
always uh, known that this was coming. The fact that, first of all, that there was apparently not the vetting that was supposed to be done for an interim AG, and second of all, there's no permanent nominee. I mean, this is done differently than any other administration, and in some cases you can argue that when a president does something differently, that's a good thing. I don't think you can make that case. Well, it's time. totally consistent with his lack of vetting of other senior officials, right? I mean, this is not specific to his treatment of, of that post. We also had Ronnie Jackson, who, again, Trump had great personal chemistry with, supposedly, but was not vetted, and lots of un unfortunate things came out as a result. Do you really, do you None think with this... None of which have been this, proven true, by the way. Do you then. think this, do you think the Mueller investigation is in trouble? Do you think the final report is in trouble? Do you think that he will, uh, Matt Whitaker, let's say he's still there when the re report comes out, let's just assume that he is, um, do you think that, do you think he's going to, I mean, what do you think? I don't think we know what the president's going to do, but he has to operate with some caution here because whatever he does, there's now going to be a new Congress that's going to have subpoena power. And that's a very different reality for the president than the Congress that we just had. Yeah. Thank you for teeing me up. Stand by, guys. Coming up, Americans came, they saw, they voted. So what was their message? And what does it mean for Washington now? Any chance people will just start working together? Any chance of any deals just starting to get done? Or should we all just go home now? That's next. And I really respected what Nancy said last night about bipartisanship and getting together and uniting. She used the word uniting and she used the, the bipartisanship statement, which is so important because that's what we should be doing. There you go. That was the president on Wednesday, the morning after the Republicans lost the majority in the House of Representatives. What are the chances of what he just said actually happening or that the president even believes his own talking points at this point? Zero? Half percent? Let's get it. Let's talk about the election. OK, Reid, the president called the election almost a complete victory. Can he claim that? No, not at all. The, I mean, he lost. Uh, Republicans lost control of the House of Representatives. I do love a good effort on some good old spin, er, though. Early, early on in the night, on election night, it looked like Republicans had the opportunity to pick up as many as five or maybe even six Senate seats, which would have been a huge victory for them. Yeah. Uh, as we get through recounts and actually counting the, uh, the ballots that were actually cast, um, that has totally fallen apart. And now uh, my range before the election was D plus one to R plus two. I think we're going to fall in that range at the R plus one or R plus two. Uh, end of it. So if Republicans only picked up two Senate seats at a time when they had uh, were running against 10 Democrats who were representing states that President Trump won, that's a loss. Plus, let's add in the governors. Democrats picked up seven governorships across the country, including in a lot of states that President Trump won, states like Michigan and Wisconsin. Uh, and then take a look at the, you know, my, my true love, the state legislatures across the country. And Democrats we all fell asleep. Democrats picked up more than 300 seats in the No state. one says that. I'm just warning you. Even though they're very important, I'm not, they all redistricting and everything. Anyway, I digress. What is the biggest message from the election? You have a divided country elected a divided government. What's the biggest message to come out, do you think? The biggest message is voters clearly wanted to check on the administration, which is not just specific to this administration. Obviously, the Obama administration went right. through that uh, when the House picked up, uh, Republicans picked up 63 seats. But then the difference is how Democrats are going to operate versus um, House Republicans did for two years. This is a very real problem for the president. He will have some opportunities to cut deals and prove that he's the great negotiator if he chooses to seize on that. And that's what we don't know. Catherine, do you think that Democrats um, are going to risk right away overreaching? So investigations right off the bat in the House. I mean, I already had, I had Jim Clyburn on. He's a member of leadership now, likely still in leadership in January. 
who said, I think it's time Americans see those bank records. There is this movement to get us tax. I mean, do you think... Well, look, there's a lot of stuff that should have been investigated the last couple of years. That's the problem here, right? It's not <laughs> so just... there's just a backlog. There is a backlog. There's a huge <laughs> backlog, much bigger than you would have in any previous administration because they have been so non-transparent, because they've had so many scandals. Not just the tax returns, uh, which is not necessarily a scandal, but I think it should be seen as morally abhorrent, the fact that he has not released those. But you have the Puerto Rican hurricane. Hurricane uh, response. You have lots of cabinet members flying around on private jets. Uh, you have misuse of private emails, which apparently we had a referendum on uh, in 2016. I don't and, know and, what you're talking about. Yeah, and Trump using his cell phone. So there's a lot of things that if Congress had been acting as a co-equal branch of government would have been investigated throughout this time, and they haven't. So there's there's material there, and I think they should be investigating, but I agree that the challenge is the optics of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you somehow martyr Trump because he looks like he is the victim that he has been claiming to be, that's not going to help your cause. So I think it's about tone, but they it, absolutely it is a, should be investigating. But it is a tangled things. web, just it like is. Nancy Pelosi says she wants to, she wants to be, and um, if you had to bet on it, likely would be speaker again. Let's see how that goes. Um, but I can only imagine that that's the one thing that Donald Trump would love the most, is to have Nancy Pelosi be speaker again. Yeah, he's got someone to fight against in, in a real way and not uh, fighting within. And, right. you know, the biggest issue that's not coming to play here is the Republicans take away Trump. This was self-inflicted in many ways. Paul Ryan announcing he was stepping down hurt them tremendously in fundraising. Yet 43 people, 43 Republicans stepped down. There's a 95 percent incumbent Re-election rate. I hear Let's you. give them a lot of that. So I, I, this is really you, close. They I, might have been able to I hear the you, but, the but in is, though, Rob, every Republican member who I talked to who resigned said there's one reason, and his name's Donald. Yeah, and, but if they, and, that's a problem. In those suburban districts, the reason people turned out to vote, and I talked to a lot of these voters, is they turned out to vote against Donald Trump. Yeah, but if you have an incumbent, you, you have a much better opportunity of holding wait, wait that second, seat, even in the suburbs, where a lot of these races were razor thin. Congressman Carlos Corbello, Congressman Oh, Kevin you just Geller, want me to play that soundbite? Is that what you want? Okay, no problem. Here's Donald Trump talking about Republicans who lost in the election in the House. Listen to this. You had some that decided to, let's stay away. Let's stay away. They did very poorly. I'm not sure that I should be happy or sad, but I feel just fine about it. Carlos Cubella. Mike Kaufman. Too bad, Mike. Mia Love gave me no love. And she lost. Too bad. Sorry about that, Mia. And for the record, we haven't even called that race yet. Mia Love could still win. She could. Okay? Like, that's where Donald Trump is on this. Continue. And the the problem is, I can name 15 other incumbent Republicans who lost after embracing the president. Right. This was not... Dave Brett. This was not just an open seat problem here. This was... But all suburbs are different. All races are different. And we would have had a... You can't say this isn't on Donald Trump. No, I'm saying... Certainly, this was a referendum on Trump. There's no question. But in each district is separate and different. It's not a statewide race, and we would have had, we Republicans would have had a much better chance of holding on more seats and either narrowing the gap or holding on barely. So, if in summary, in summary, all politics is local except when it comes to Donald Trump. That's it. Great to see you guys. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody. Uh, that is the State of America this week. Be sure to listen to our podcast. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite app. We will see you back here next week. Thank you all.
quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.